Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name's Jake, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by the one and only Mr. Johnny Larkin. How are you, Johnny? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Good to have you back. Back on the pod after missing... Good to be back. One. One. Yeah. Yeah, That's just good. the one. One game just out on the one. Side. Yeah. And again, we're just yeah. damned to two men. Again, I feel like we've been going to two men for a little bit here. Life, though. Mm. Life is getting That's in right. the way of each other. That's what happens. Next, That's what is three of us. Next man up. It's always uh, a bonus having no, no, three people do a podcast, isn't there? Yes. Otherwise, it'd be you or me or Sam floundering on our own, which wouldn't be much fun. Yep. It's always nice. Three's company. Um, Absolutely. No, good to be back in the saddle. Good to be about to deliver another preview pod for the good Ooh, listeners. Yeah. I listened to yours and Sam's episode, and I was most impressed. It was of a very high standard. So hopefully the listener enjoyed it as much as I did. Hopefully. Good analysis, good banter. Yeah. That's good. Uh, Let's get into it, Johnny. No time to waste. Let's jump right in. Cats v. the Magpies, week eight of the AFLW uh, 2023 season. And as we said a few weeks ago, everyone's a must win, really, from here on out for the Cats if they want to continue to control their own destiny. It's a tight lineup uh, as you compete for final spots in this AFLW competition. Uh, And they're coming up against a team that is desperate to forge their own finals path after a bit of a rocky start to the season uh, in Collingwood. The Cats are hitting the road for this game. Johnny, uh, I'm going to throw some stats out and stuff from the last time these two sides met. But just before any yep. of that, how are you feeling heading into this game? Is there any leftover thoughts from last week? Do you yeah. have any sort of off the top of your head as we go into this game uh, on Sunday against the Magpies? It's it's one of those games that is a very interesting game for the Cats. As they've never really been able to beat Collingwood in a convincing way. Yeah, we've got a win against them, but that was, you know, I think first game in round one of whenever we, I think 2019, beat them by a point, and since then they've had the wood over us. So I think it's one of those ones where I feel like we could win it, but I just don't know what the Pies bring each week. I don't haven't seen much of them play. Games aren't on at great times for my work, so I don't really catch other teams. So. It's going in a bit blind for me, but from what I remember of Collingwood, they do like to move it pretty quick and fast and use their hands and feet really well. So I'm assuming they're still playing that way. And if they and they beat Brisbane, so they're obviously a very capable team. So it's going to be a tough game and one where the Cats are going to have to be at their best. They're going to have to play like they did against um, Fremantle and for the whole game. And I think if we do have one of those, you know, those games where first quarter, second quarter is really good and then that fade out happens in the third or second, I think that's when the Pies could really get on top. So 
it's going to be a challenge, but one I think the cats are definitely up for. Yeah, absolutely. And and kind of a weird one. Collingwood started out this season quite hot in terms of their first, I think, first quarter or first half um, against Melbourne. Uh, and thought, oh, geez, they're going to be pretty good this year, the Pies. Then Melbourne absolutely stormed over the top of them in the second half, as Melbourne have done to most teams this season. Um, and from there, there was some early season struggles for the Pies. They've turned it around, though, obviously had a big win last week over Carlton, 4-3, to one 4 As you said, a big win over a team like Brisbane. That's, that's the sort of scalp that this Geelong team doesn't have in 2023 a win mm. over the, one of those genuine top four contenders. And, you know, Collingwood have been on the cusp a few times in, in seasons gone by in terms of making, um, you know, deep finals runs, um, losing some heartbreakers, including I remember one in particular to Brisbane. It might have been in the COVID or the season after COVID, 2021 maybe, um, you know, where they just, you know, were seconds short of maybe getting a win over the Lions mm. up at the Gabba. Um, but they've had to deal with a little bit of turnover on the playing group the last couple of seasons, Johnny. I think it's one of those things for me as I look at it. Collingwood have taken the early part of this season to sort of stabilise. They've lost players like your Chloe Malloy's uh, and that type of player um, to other clubs. Now, they lost um, one of their key contributors to St Kilda, and I can't for the life of me remember her name. But anyway, point being, They've lost, you know, some really recognizable faces who used to form, you know, part of the core of their team. And so it's taken a little bit of time for them to, I suppose, you just reconfigure themselves. But it seems yeah. like maybe they have as this season's gone on. And you've still got players like Brianna Davey. I heard 21 touches, eight clearances and 15 tackles last week. You've still got Britt Benici. 22 disposals, a couple of clearances, nine tackles. Um, She's done some damage you know, against the Cats. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so this is still a really dangerous Collingwood team. Uh, and as yeah. I said, they've got this, that big scalp that we probably don't have. Um, and they've shown that they can do it, you know. Against yeah. the, the big guns, I guess. Against the big guns. And, you know, Cats, we want to be one of those big guns. So it is, this is another one of those games that Cats just, not just because of need to win for finals, but just to put their name up amongst there as well, going, yeah, we can still beat these teams around us. And they, they couldn't do it against Bombers, unfortunately. They did against Fremantle, but I think, I think Fremantle's still, still trying to find their way and they're still maybe a year or two behind the cats in certain terms of like development and mm. team gelling and whatnot but i think the pies they're one of those teams that are really you know they've they work really well together they've been together for a while even though with even though they've lost those players they still seem to have that ability to use each other and just be a team effectively for most most of the game um, and not really fade out except against, you know, early on against, uh, against Melbourne. But as you said, Melbourne's done that to nearly every team that's played a game and then blown, blown them out of the water. But yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's one of these games that 
could be a really good hard-fought win for the Cats, or it could be one of those that goes a loss. It could be a pretty, pretty heart-wrenching loss. It could be one of those ones like, oh, shit, all this hard work, and we're still in the same position as last year. So feels like there's a lot riding on this game. But as I said, I reckon I've got full faith that the Cats can come out and play their style of game that works really well and not get too flustered by players, players coming at them and pressuring them and no doubt getting some momentum throughout the game. And just, yeah, I think if the defence works as well as they did last week and that midfield also works really well with the defence, then that's a step in the right direction. And then obviously just that the low in the eyes have gone inside 50. They worked really well last week and hopefully they can continue on that trajectory of lower the eyes when it's necessary, when it's needed to open up the defence. Or when the you know, when you've got that counter-attack on and you're rushing through then those long bombs put, the, put any defence under huge amounts of pressure. So hopefully they can continue on that form. Because I think if they do, then we're putting our best foot forward to win this game. And if, it, if we come out a little bit timid, a little bit, see what they're at, I think that's going to be the, mm. you know, the, not the right way to come out. We want to come out and play attacking and play the game that the Cats know how to play. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, so just looking back, the Pies started the season um, one and three and have since won three in a row, um, including a, a win up at the Gabba over the Lions. And the Lions were inaccurate in that game, uh, 3-10-28 to Collingwood's 5-3-33. Um, the next week, they beat Carlton. The week before, they beat Brisbane. They went and beat that Essendon side that defeated us, 44-24. to 24. So um, Collingwood have got some some you know impressive scalps, some losses you would expect mm. them to have. Um, maybe to a team like Melbourne early on, but then, you know, the the scalps of, of beating a team like Brisbane up at the Gabba. Uh, the last time, Johnny, we played them was last year um, in 2022 season B. They beat us 2-3-15 to 1-5-11 down at Kidinia Park. Disposals were pretty even, 191 to the Cats, 197 to the Pies, but that was well down on our season average. We had 91 contested to 86, so we won that one. Uncontested ball was split 102 to 102. 24 clearances for the Cats, 19 to the Pies, so Geelong actually won the clearances. But the Pies probably able to control the footy a bit more, and I remember talking about that at the time, um, their experience and ability to execute um their disposal, 34 marks for the Cats, 48 for the Pies. Cats out-tackled Collingwood 58 to 48, had one more inside 50, 24 to 23. But as I said, didn't capitalise. We kicked one five eleven to Collingwood's 2-3-15. And as you mentioned, Johnny, Collingwood leads the series against the Cats all-time 3-1, to one, the only win for the Cats coming back in their first ever game in 2019. Nina Morrison, I believe, kicking a point to win it, possibly. Yeah. Um, that that rings a bell for me, and that's the only time we've beaten them. Since then, it's been Collingwood's series. They've won the last three. So, you know, a massive opportunity for the Cats to turn it around, and they'll need to because if we drop one, then – the next, you know, the, the final two games really do become 
you know, a hundred percent must win, cannot drop a game, and you probably got to yep. hope a few results go your way. If we're being yeah. honest, um, we do you want to talk about results. some team select? No, yeah, yeah, no, we don't have to wait on other teams. Um, no. Team selection, Johnny. Um, Let's do it. We go in with an unchanged side. Um, no changes to the lineup that played last week against the Dockers. Obviously, 50th games for Julia Crock Grills and Megatron Meg McDonald. What are your thoughts, Johnny, on any of that? On the unchanged lineup, on the 50 game milestones, have a crack at whatever you want. Oh, very excited for the 50 game milestones. Obviously, Megatron's already played 50 games of AFLW, but this is her 50th game for the Cats. So her and Julia Crockett Reels are the first Cats players to reach 50. So congrats to them. Um, pretty exciting. I'm pretty sure they were the two first, first two players that signed up for the Cats, I believe. I think that's what I heard. So even more exciting that they you know, signed up at the same time and playing the 50th game together. So well, well earned. Um, yeah, and on the rest of the selection, I, th I think it's uh, yeah. I wouldn't, I can't see who they who would have been dropped from last week's game. The whole team seemed to work really well. Like Gabby Petherston coming in and playing a really very useful role. Not not a standout game by any stands, but one where if she continues on playing like that, then it's going to be a really good career, and you can see why the Cats will persist with her because she's she's shown, shown glimpses in the VFL and in the uh, um earlier seasons but you know injuries have kept her out of the AFLW side. Um and the rest, yeah, I think last week a lot of them played some of the best games and it's only going to get better and hopefully they can continue. And yeah, as I said, it would be would have been very hard to drop players unless it was like a Pepperston dropping out for a um, Abby McDonald or Brooke Plummer or something like that, but the rest, you know, pretty much nailing their, their positions, especially Rachel Kearns on those tackles. Yeah, I enjoyed listening to you guys chat about Rachel Kearns, um, really summed up. I guess we've been watching the games uh, for too long together because you guys really hit the nail on the head in terms of what I was thinking. So uh, I felt well represented in terms of the thoughts about Kernsey. Um, but likewise, Featherston. Yeah, yeah. Monty. Uh, Gabby Featherston, um, as you chaps were saying, it seems like a matter of finding that right role as it looks like mm. they've found for Rachel Kearns now, which is exciting. Um Let's face it, not everyone can come straight in and, and click at the first position you try them at. You know, like an Ashley Maloney no. comes in, you're like, oh, beautiful. We know where Ashley Maloney is going to play. Um, and, and now, if anything, it's just we, we, maybe down the track, you've got the luxury of trying her at other positions if you so choose, knowing you can always put her at a, at a position of strength. Other players, you try them around the different spots and go, oh, that's not quite right. That's not quite right. And then you finally find the role. And it yep. seems like Rachel Kearns across that half back line um, is starting to find her spot in the side. I think Darcy Maloney, too, yep. spending more midfield minutes has really so, worked. So well. I, I like that we're getting. Absolutely. Um, I like that we're getting to go in with an unchanged lineup, to be honest. 
Uh, yeah. Build a little bit of consistency. I didn't think, I don't feel like there was anyone who's absolutely knocking the door down to force their way in. And I didn't think anyone, you know, didn't contribute enough to the level that you're like, oh, we've got to drop that player or, you know, that player yeah. might need a spell. Um, and thankfully no injuries. So uh, I think consistency is good, particularly at this time of of the year yeah. where you don't want to chop and change unless you absolutely have to. So I like that a lot, Johnny, um, particularly yeah, after the too. men's season in which it seemed like there was changes every week. Unforced change. Oh, that men's – I think I think we're going to have mm. to just put that men's season in a little basket and go – once we do our season review – I think we'll just be able to put a nice little neat bow on that and tuck it away because that was just just one of those seasons that just did not go to Cat's way. I don't think there's anything else. It was just, as I said to someone at work, I feel like the Cats used all their goodwill last year to win the premiership and then this year it's like the goodwill got sucked out of the Cats and we got uh, cursed with injury and just players not being able to play their best footy. But we're not here to talk about men's. We had to bet the women's. And the way they're That's going, we are they, they, haven't, they haven't been struck down by injury curse or form curse. They've been struck by, I know what they're doing. They're playing well. The team is unchanged. Mm. And as they say, why change Why change a winning formula? And yeah. Why fix what isn't broken? Um, exactly. It may not be broken, but it's not all together yet, which is an odd way of saying no. But you know, there's still it's a lot of progress there. to be to be yeah to be made, um, and that leads us nicely, Johnny, into talking about one thing we want to see. I'm gonna you know hand pass to you first. What's one oh, thing you want to see in this game? Whether it's an individual thing, whether it's a team thing, um, whether it's a vibe thing. What's one thing you want to see from the game against the Pies? One thing I want to see is Ashling Maloney kicking some goals this week. She should have had those four goals, and I think she'll be, you know, kicking herself that she missed every, each and every single one because, you know, looking at – if she looks at the replay, she go, how did I miss every single one of them? So I'd just like to, her, to see her kick the goals. She, she has the opportunities this week because, you know, she's a absolute diamond night player and it's only going to take her to kick – those four goals and that confidence is going to go sky high and not that it isn't already, but yeah, just get that reward for all the hard work she's putting in because she's putting in so much work and unfortunately just not getting that goal reward that she absolutely deserves. So hopefully this week she gets those goals. Absolutely love that. I, I was thinking watching the game at times there, I'm like Maloney feels like the sort of player that could legitimately like kick seven or eight if everything yeah. just came off a boot, you know, with the radar synced up one day where it's just like, yep, she's just snagged seven or eight goals of the Cats, 11 or 12 yeah. in a big win over somebody. She's just, she be, I don't know, she's so exciting. Yeah. As me and Sam said, she's like, she's that Jeremy Cameron type player where just feels like any sport she puts her mind to, she's going to be, she's going to excel yeah. out. And it's just, it's just crazy yeah. to think that there's people out there that, you know, you know play this sport, okay, and they 
just start playing like they've played it the entire life. Yeah, and it's like, um, I think that, you know, it's just, it comes down to just a little bit of luck too, sometimes having to go oh, your yeah, way. Absolutely. Like you want her to keep, you don't want to have her get too, uh, I suppose, intellectual about it in, in terms of, the instinct is great where she's just grabbing the ball, snapping around her body, doing creative things. It's just like some days you're going to kick four goals doing that. Other days your radar is going to be slightly off and you're going to kick four behinds. And yeah. you just want her to keep taking those chances because it makes the opposition defense worried. And I think that's a great you know, concern to put in their mind. And, and, and yeah, that, that's really what you want. Um I was just going to see too. I'm, I'm just going to try and. Uh, I wanted to try and have a look at um, a point I wanted to make about what I want to see. Um, yep. I can't bring the visual up, unfortunately. I don't know why. But basically, I want to see more forward 50 ball movement like we had on the weekend. Now, I put a couple of picks up on Twitter that I'd drawn and squiggled all over. But, you know, we had so many more times against the Dockers, and admittedly, some of that's how we approach it. Some of that's how the opponent allows you to approach it. So, um, you know, but I suppose it was good to see us looking to create those opportunities to basically get a player to take a mark just outside of 50, five to 10 meters outside 50. There's a great example on the weekend where Nina Morrison, I believe it is, has the ball just outside of 50. And there's lots of cats leading back into the 50, but there's spaces. And one of those spaces is where Nina Morrison identifies the opportunity. She puts the ball up. Chloe, she is able to run to that space and mark on her chest. She goes back and kicks the goal. And what's great is there's that vacant space for Sheer to lead into, but on the other yep. side of the 50, sort of central, but on the near side as well, where Chantal Emanson is standing guard on the edge of 50, knowing that if the ball comes to ground where Nina Morrison has kicked it, the Dockers might try and come out the other side, or if there's a ricocheted ball that comes out that way or a defensive punch, you know, we've got players set up to control the space. I want to see more times where the cats have those sort of inside 50 entries that aren't just chaos, because I think there's great strength in our leading and marking ability. Like, yes, Jackie Parry is actually quite a good contested mark in the air. If we have to force it down on top of her head, but she's not a bad lead either, but Chloe Shear is an excellent leading forward. As yeah. is Ashling Maloney. Maloney's actually really clever with how she leads and loops around and, and comes back to space. So I and just want, that's the one thing I want to say. Shelly Scott. True, it's exactly. Well. <laughs> 100%. Uh, 100%. And, and so that's the one thing I want to see. More times where Geelong uh, dissecting um, space inside 50 and creating exactly. clear-cut scoring opportunities from set shots. Um, that's an absolute, yeah, that's the number one priority. And look, whether we win or lose, I want to see that um, because that's yeah. the way you win games of footy is by creating those forward. opportunities. So, 
hundred percent. And speaking of going forward, Johnny, that is your blooming lot for the public free part of the preview show. Thank you so much for listening in, guys. Hope you get to watch this game. Tune in. Get along. If you can make the trip to Melbourne to see the Cats take on the Pies, cheer out loud and proud. We want to come back with four points banked and a final spot still in our control. Uh, But right now, we're going to duck behind the Patreon curtain. We're going to go make our weekly Patreon match predictions. If you want to see those, go on over to the Patreon. Subscribe. $3.50 US per month. You get extended shows. You get video versions of all the shows plus extra coverage of things like the VFL men's and VFL women's within their respective seasons. But thanks for listening. And until next time, go Cats. Go Cats.